1: So,
0: yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mm-hmm.
1: saved my last bite. Yeah. Because I wanted it to be so authentic. Uh huh. Which is a buzzword.
0: Because people love to hear other people eat. You're yeah, right. Yeah, they do.
1: They do. They That's do. They That's why people tune into podcasts. Good, this is some good ASMR for everybody.
0: I just, I still don't think you need know This is exactly my last
1: is. bite mm-hmm. of my cinnamon roll uh-huh. pre recording.
0: How long can he keep it up for? Oof.
1: Delicious. Well, here's the thing. I'm now out of cinnamon rolls.
0: Wow. We, that we I should make from scratch. quit the podcast.
1: So, I'm going to make another batch today
0: a batch from scratch i'm gonna batch from scratch
1: and i'm gonna put them in their little tupperware so i have a little individual serving so every time we record i just pull one out the night before it thaws out throw it in the microwave for a little bit don't use the microwave very often but for these they're perfect boom cinnamon roll pre-episode wow. okay. now you're gonna read us a little
0: quote <laughs> yeah way to get into it babe <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> okay if you clicked on this episode title you might be like either you've heard of this concept or you're like what a weird title for a podcast episode and we can't take credit for
1: it which we're gonna oh we take zero
0: credit for this concept but we thought it would be fun to have a conversation about this i read about this concept in a book called big magic by elizabeth gilbert you might have heard of it many years ago and it has stuck with me and so i'm gonna read you the quick quote from her book but uh, upon reading like revisiting the quote we realized that it's actually not a concept that liz came up with it is a concept that mark mark manson who was I thinking of, Mark Maron? Mark
1: Maron, yeah.
0: <laughs> Those are two different people. Right. Um, that Mark Manson came up with. So I'm going to read you a quick quote, and that's going to kick us off. Okay. Found it. Great. <laughs> it says, in Elizabeth's book, she says, I recently read a fabulous blog by a writer named Mark Manson, who said that the secret to finding your purpose in life is to answer this question in total honesty. Quote, What is is your favorite flavor of shit sandwich. Gross. (laughs) What Manson means is that every single pursuit, no matter how wonderful and exciting and glamorous it may initially seem, comes with its own brand of shit sandwich, its own lousy side effects. As Manson writes with profound wisdom, quote, everything sucks some of the time, end quote. You just have to decide what sort of suckage you're willing to deal with. So the question is not so much, what are you passionate about? The question is, what are you passionate enough about that you can endure the most disagreeable aspects of the work?
1: Ooh, we got a lot to unpack here. Love it. The first thing we have to unpack, though, is that we've only been recording for two minutes and you your cushion has already slumped you down.
0: Well, first of all, I was reading. And yeah, so no, I was I aware that I was pointing downwards. I yeah, think yeah. it'll be OK.
1: Can you just scooch up just a little bit for me? Just a little
0: Where are my uh, cushioners at? <laughs> those of you who are on this side of the debate, that the cushion is right. what compresses and not my posture. It's not Are your you posture. a posture or you're a cushioner? You yeah. got to decide if you're going to be in this podcast community. Yeah. Which side are you on? Uh,
1: okay, cool. we so, all know you- that- where do you, you want know, to start on uh, breaking the down? binaries
0: are working out real great for us society. First in of all, society. this mm-hmm. is a
1: great quote by Mark Manson. Can you back up a little bit on the mic? Thank
0: oh you. my.
1: Well, I just, I know. Is there
0: a way that I can be that is agreeable to you right now? Yeah, I'm
1: telling you. <laughs> I'm specifically giving you the exact things to make my life hey, and everyone who's listening's you life can't, easier.
0: You cannot contain me. I will move. I will. Yeah, no, I know. I have know. a, I have a moving body.
1: And it'll sound terrible. So okay. that's why I'm trying to help you not do that. Because <laughs> sometimes you You'll come over here, and you'll talk to like the side of the mic. Like, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you even doing that? All right. I
0: get what sad. What sandwich do I, get I... sad for that air that's lonely <laughs> over there.
1: What shit sandwich do I want to eat? This, right now. Doing
0: oh, this. <laughs> this is the shit. Yeah.
1: Oh, so we want to define our shit sandwiches? Yeah,
0: okay. So, it, it, first of all, quick disclaimer. We thought we were going to say this at the top, but we'll say it now, yeah. after we've said shit about 40 times. In case you didn't notice, clicking on this episode title, we are going to say shit sandwich probably 100 times. If you... If that bothers you, if you have children that you think that bothers, then just be aware of that and you can put in your headphones or something. That's the disclaimer. The second part of this is that I refuse to talk about shit sandwiches throughout this entire episode and think of it like eating a sandwich with shit in it. I can't do it. So let's define what we mean for ourselves. And that's
1: for everybody to define. So if you're listening, you could pause right now and you could go like, what is What would be like a really
0: nasty sandwich?
1: And And also make it like... But it's actually food, so yeah, it's, it's got to you know. be
0: food because we can't be grossed out. So my shit sandwich yeah. is like just a really a shit sandwich would be one with untoasted bread.
1: Are we talking like we're talking about Wonder Bread, right? Like white bread. Yeah, yeah just yeah. untoasted regular white bread. I
0: and I think it would have cold American cheese, okay. like processed American yellow. cheese, right? Yellow, yellow. Yep. on it with horseradish.
1: That's it. That's it. That's, That's my 100% shit sandwich. sandwich.
0: Like I don't know if I can eat that.
1: Yeah, uh, my shit sandwich uh-huh. would be. Any sandwich of all time. Think of any sandwich <laughs> of all time with just a drop of mayo on it.
0: He hates mayo. It's
1: disgusting. You've <laughs> now, ruined the you sandwich. do you like
0: ranch dressing?
1: No. Well, I don't yeah, like you... any white Okay, continent. then
0: why do you eat blue cheese with your wings?
1: That's the only time. Well. That is the one and only is, time. This is starting to break down your the, argument here. The, the, the combination of the two flavors, mm-hmm. it just does such a good job.
0: Okay, well, what if there but are- But also, I
1: don't even eat that much.
0: What if I call it an aioli?
1: No, I hate aioli almost as much because it's called aioli. I
0: actually don't like mayo, but I like aioli, and that is what makes me...
1: Dumb. The Kushner. <laughs> all right. Okay. So you guys have all picked your shit sandwich. But it's probably just like mine because mayo is the most disgusting thing of all time. Uh, so You're going to get some,
0: just so you know, you're going to get some backlash. Bring it on. You're going to get some backlash from people who love mayo. Bring it
1: on. You guys are wrong. Mayo is disgusting. <laughs> this, this is
0: what gets us canceled. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is my this, hate of is mayo. Is saying that Jason yeah. hates mayo. Okay. So going back to the quote, though, the thing that I thought was interesting about this entire concept is this idea of there are going to be things that you have to face in running an online business or even a creative pursuit or a hobby or something that you love that has things that are not great about it that you have to slog through. And I'm very interested in approaching what you decide to spend your time on from this perspective of saying, am I willing to slog through those shittier aspects of the thing because I enjoy the thing so much or because I want the end result so much.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting to think about the idea of starting your own business and not even acknowledging the shit sandwiches that you're going to have to eat. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's a lot of times it can be because there are people who have pigeon poop pedestals who are mm. higher up than us uh, there are people who are more experienced who are whatever and they're telling us that it's easy it's simple yeah. it's it's not going to stress you out you're going to be able to avoid all the problems everyone's ever avoided before because I have a system and I can teach you all the stuff and that person's just trying to sell you something because well, the if, truth of the matter is yeah. no matter what you are doing if you are starting a business It is going to be stressful. It's going to be difficult. You're going to run into issues. There are shit sandwiches you have to eat. So the goal is to pick the type of business, the market that you exist in, whatever it is that you have to do to grow that business as the least amount of shit sandwiches that you have to eat.
0: There's so much there that I want to come back to. Thank you. First, okay, keyword that I want to come back to later is... Does it have to be hard?
1: That's first of all, that's not a key phrase. I know, but it's just the phrase. Key key phrase, phrase. key phrase, key phrase.
0: Does it have to be hard? But the thing that you are talking about that I wanted to touch on too is because I want to make a caveat here because everything that you just described, I'm like, okay. In some way, you could put us in that same bucket. So I'm always very aware sure, of totally. our hypocrisy. Like, I don't I don't want to be a hypocrite, right, in general. And so, of, like, I think about telling people about Build Without Burnout is, like, do this without burnout, okay? Yeah. We're promising you that there is a system – well, not promising. I think exactly. that's a key part of it. There's no the, guarantee. The promises and the yep. guarantees, but – Um, You know, a big part of online business is saying that you do have a process that can help someone, right? So where's the line between saying that and then being very um, withholding with the shit sandwiches that you're going to have to eat? And I think that's the answer because the difference is that we are always willing – to talk about the shittier aspects, to talk about the reality, to not just sell the dream, but to sell the reality. Yes, we can give you this process. Yes, there is a simpler way to do some of these things. There's a way to do it with less stress, but that doesn't mean that if you experience stress or you fall off the wagon or you know you decide that being an entrepreneur is hard or if you have self-doubt, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you or you're doing it wrong. And this is what scares me the most about some of the people out there that are kind of selling the dream minus the shit sandwich is they're saying if you only do x y and z it'll be so easy
1: which by the way their x y and z is something they sell
0: right 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 if you yeah. just do it this way it'll be so easy and if somebody does that and it's not easy it becomes very like simple for them to now make the determination that there's something wrong with them yeah. that they're doing it wrong
1: and what i like a very specific part of this that we can really relate to with our audience is Tomorrow, if we decided we wanted to spin up an online course about something, let's just say it's about making the perfect non shit sandwich, and <laughs> we want to just make a course about how to make the perfect non shit sandwich. I mean, we could do that in a couple days. We could set up all the video equipment, we could make all the keynote files, we could record everything, we could build the course, we could design it, we could create all the emails, we could write the sales page, we could do all of the stuff, and it would be easy for us. Mm-hmm. And so it's really then something we can say to other people like, hey, you can do this. It's just, here's all the steps. We can lay it out for you. We can teach you everything. But what we always try and remember and to tell people is we have a lot of experience that you don't mm-hmm. have. And so when you're going to get into this, you have to understand that every step of this process is probably going to be its own little, uh, like finger shit sandwich, like <laughs> just like a little tiny a one.
0: little baby one. And
1: that every part of that process is probably going to be a hurdle for you that you have to overcome if you've never done it before. Right. And I think that's the big miss misnomer or like non-disclaimer that, so many online business people don't put out there is like, I've created this system, this process, it's gonna make it easy for you. Well, yeah, it would be easy if that person had already done it many
0: times like over. Like you have.
1: Like you have. Totally. And and I think that's where there's a lot of information that's out there that I just look at and I just go, man, you're you're really painting this perfect picture. This is gonna be easy for people. And and the thing that I have empirical data about this is the plethora of people in our community who've said oh yeah i spent like five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars on this program and they made all these promises and those stuff and like i did not get any results out of it and if anything i ended up just feeling kind of scammed yeah and i think that's where number one with the way that we price stuff and the way that we don't do all these upsells to all these upsells to all these things and these bigger programs and that's fine. If you want to do that, I'm not trying to say that's a bad thing. I'm just saying for us in the way that we think about business and running a community, it's not how we want to do it.
0: Yeah, that's the part that makes me sad is like when you're not honest about what it really takes to run an online business, somebody gets into it and, they, and again, they think there's something wrong with them because it's hard. Yeah. And it's like, no, like it just is hard. You're yeah. figuring stuff out. It, it you bump up against all of these like limiting beliefs and these self doubts because Essentially, like a lot of us out here cr- trying to create online businesses are trying to earn a living doing something that is creative or interesting. Or, or something
1: we enjoy doing Something we day. enjoy
0: doing. And so there's just – that's an inherently emotional pursuit. And so when it gets hard, you think to yourself, well, these other people are making it seem like it's just as easy as one, two, three. And what's wrong with me that I'm not? Yeah. And so that's the part that I don't like about it, about you know trying to sell the dream without the shit sandwich. Um, but moving into that, I, I really think that this concept also has helped me. It makes me think of realizations that I had a couple of years ago about dreams that I had or goals that I had where I wasn't exactly what we just described. I wasn't also looking at the shit sandwich part of those dreams right so i was seeing the glitz and the glamour
1: so specific let's so get specific. specifically
0: i think about when made vibrant was sort of at its height and i was creating a lot of art online and i was you were
1: in the wall street journal <laughs> your mom framed it and put it on her wall
0: that's a true thing that happened i yeah. was in the Wall street journal my mom has it framed on a wall in her home so great um because <laughs> external validation <we> all know. <laughs> but anyway um there was a time where I was doing really well with that with my art business and you know gathering sort of a, a community online and I had my newsletter and all this stuff. And I really started thinking, oh, I think the dream for me is like to really take this to its fullest height and like be a speaker and help like, it, you know, inspire people and write books and share my art and like be a little Brene Brown out there. Yeah. And I really wanted that or I thought that's what I wanted. And then I had this realization of, wait a second. What are the shit sandwiches that come with being a Brené Brown out there? The what are th- what are the shit sandwiches that come with being this a speaker or a an influencer of that level? And it's like, do I really want to be on planes every other week to go to these places to speak? No. Do I really want the anxiety that comes along with public speaking all the time? I mean, I can do it and I get joy out of it sometimes, but it's it's a thing for me. It's it's very stress inducing. No. Um. Do I want the Honestly, do I want the criticism, just the, the, what's the word, the, the mean, the, the vitriol that comes at a person when they're th- that elevated? I don't want that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a really helpful thing to ask yourself what are these big, lofty goals that I'm giving my, you know, that I have in my head? And am I still, would I still be in love with that idea if I were, truly honest with myself about the shit sandwiches that come along with that dream yeah and if the answer is yes then you know wow I really do want that and if the answer is no I think it's a really good time to then recalibrate
1: yeah and that is specifically why well for me personally why I stopped doing public speaking was all the things that you said like I was pretty much a full-time public speaker in 2000 late 12 13 and early 14 And I finally just was like, I don't want to be on a plane every week. I don't want to go to a place and be around a whole bunch of people and like have no energy whatsoever after I do that. And then like I got to do that again next week. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's just not fun. And I think the other thing that I think about with this specific example is it's why I think we rail so hard against the idea of six figs and seven figs and people preaching this is because – they don't talk about the shit sandwiches that you have to eat to make that amount of money. Mm-hmm. And we're here to tell you as two very honest entrepreneurs who have made multiple six figures for now, multiple years, we're like barely doing it by ourselves. I yeah. mean, cause we are doing it only by ourselves. And we have some freelancers that we pay for like development and other things here and there, but no one manages our social, no one writes our content. No one does our images. No one creates our curriculums. Like we do all of it. We do all that in every single thing. And, I think for us, if we ever wanted, if our goal was ever to make more money, the only way is to hire people. Mm-hmm. Like we just don't have the capacity as two people to make more money because we don't have any more time. Now, the flip side of that is we've decided that how much we have been making the past couple of years is enough. Totally. And so we don't need to chase any more money. We have figured out an amount of money that works for us. And there's always going to be shit sandwiches on trying to maintain that amount of money and to do all that because it's never going to be set it and forget it forever. But I think the thing that a lot of people are preaching to people of get your six-figure month or get your first seven-figure year, they're not also saying, by the way, you're probably gonna need to hire like four people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna need to give up a lot of free time with your family. You're gonna need to like, get really deep into funnels and automation and stuff and figure that out or hire someone who can that's expensive. And they don't tell you all those things until you actually get into their program and then you find out, oh, that's what it actually takes. Mm-hmm. And you're just not being presented with the reality.
0: Yeah, and that kind of goes back to the whole thing behind the podcast, right? Which is like, and and what is it all for then?
1: This podcast that we y- host. Yes, this right. one that you're yeah. on. Right. You
0: do know you're on one right now. Right? Yeah,
1: I just was making sure that everyone knew they were listening to a podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you know, sometimes people can just forget. They're
0: just like, "Oh." They're like, "Wait, what am I doing?" was I thought this was my own internal dialogue. <laughs> yeah, it's just
1: <laughs> two people. Uh,
0: no, I mean like I'm hearing you describe that and I think you're right that is why we have such a gut Visceral reaction to that type of marketing, and it's because I'm like, this this whole six figs and seven figs thing. I'm like, but for what? Yeah, it's just this, and even it reminds me, tangent, tangent alert, tangent alert. (laughs) But um, I was watching on Amazon. They have like that eco challenge, the like world's toughest race or whatever.
1: It's like Survivor, but on Amazon.
0: It's not Survivor. It's like American
1: Race, but on Amazon. Wait, was that show called
0: what? Amazing race. amazing race no it's not that it's like this this ultra okay that's endurance yeah. Great. race or whatever Wonderful. but it's all these teams and they go through this just like unbelievably brutal thing out in the jungle in Fiji and they have all these legs and whatever and I get it I'm not here to judge what that person's like what makes that person feel alive uh-huh. you know I'm not here to judge that but but it did make me think they're like interviewing and there was this one woman who she's like you know, being very honest and vulnerable about her story and how she was this ultra endurance athlete. And she like was at the top of her game and winning all these races. And then she, I think maybe even got injured or had to drop out of one or whatever and like fell into this deep depression because, or no, she was going, that's right. She was going for. She's like, I was at this race and I was really trying to be the number one woman in my age bracket. Right. And that was my goal. Right. And I had to drop out because I had an injury and it threw me into a deep depression. And I just like, and listen, like I said, I don't want to judge people for what their goals are. I don't want to judge people for what their driving force is. But I do think it's a, it's healthy to take a step back and go, you threw yourself into a deep depression over this goal that is just almost like manufactured out of nothing. It's like,
1: like, what, what is it all for? Like, what what are you going to get when you get to that place? Right. What's going to change in your life? Right. You're going to
0: need the next thing and the next thing. And like, I get it. Part of it, you know, this goes back to our purpose episode. It's like, I think there is something very deep within us as humans that needs that purpose. That's something. And that makes us feel alive and makes us feel like there's a reason for us to be here. But I think there is a, a um, healthy checks and balances that we have to put on it to say, like, hold on. Yeah. Is this thing that I'm pursuing, what where does it come from?
1: Now, can I go on a tangent? Absolutely. Okay. I have a tangent to my tangent as well. Mm. Uh, I've really been enjoying the Staying In podcast with our friends Emily Gordon and Camille Our Manjianni, good friends, Emily friends. and Camille. Uh, if you guys have not listened to that podcast, highly recommend. It's actually over, I believe, or they're taking a break. <laughs> But they basically started recording it when we started doing Uncertain Times. Really? And they were just talking through getting through coronavirus and, like, the pandemic and so all that So they're taking stuff. a break. Okay. Yeah. So it's I think it's actually been done for a couple months. But I've gone back and started almost from the beginning. And it is well worth listening to. It's also really interesting listening to people. The
0: progression. Yeah. Talking yeah. about,
1: like, coronavirus is going on. Like, what is this thing? And then, like, how it's all changed. yeah, yeah. That was a tangent to my tangent.
0: Okay.
1: Talking about the... Um, what is it all for and like kind of reframing things. So for me personally, just to give a very quick personal story, I played basketball starting in high school. I ended up getting decent at it. I wanted to play in college. I got injured. It didn't work out. I
0: actually
1: found out that playing in college is not all it's cracked up to be. Pretty much all of my friends hated playing in college as well. So then I just kind of played recreationally, YMCA leagues, that type of thing. And so I did that for, I mean, what, like 10 or 15 years basically. And a couple years ago and I've had two knee surgeries in that time. And like, you know, it's just, I'm an old man now, <laughs> but I'm still decent. Like I'm still pretty good. Again,
0: very decent,
1: very decent in basketball. So, uh, we, two years ago, I went to, we moved, I went to a YMCA, they had pickups. So I, I started playing again and I was like, Oh, this will be fun. And I remember going into it and being like, okay, I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm just going to, I want to get some exercise. And like, I love basketball. I want to mm-hmm. play it. And so I started playing and then there's like this like five, I'm, I'm six foot four, six foot five on a good day. There's like a five foot four guy. And this, if you've ever played pickup basketball, for those of you out there, like the three of you who have, you know this person who just like thinks he's amazing, thinks he's seven feet tall and just is like the worst to play with. Okay. And just like, I just remember like getting hacked by him and like, I hate calling fouls. And eventually I would call a foul and he's like, oh, you're gonna call a foul? And just like all this. And I remember leaving and just being like, why did I do that to myself? Mm-hmm. And I went back a couple more times. And then eventually I think I remember telling you, I came home one day and I was just like, I'm not playing this anymore mm-hmm. because what is it all for? For what? Like well, what reason do I keep subjecting myself to this? And it's not even like that guy was there every time. It's just every time I would go, I would think like, it's going to be fun. I'm going to play. And then like the next day I would be so sore and could barely walk.
0: Also nothing against people who are five, four, because I'm basically five, four. I say <laughs> five, two? I don't think so, but, um...
1: No, no, but in basketball... It was not his
0: height, it was his energy.
1: Well, it's also just, like, he had, like, little man syndrome, you know? We don't say that?
0: Well, I just think it's... Like,
1: Napoleon syndrome is what I mean. Okay. Yeah, Napoleon complex. That's the actual thing. I had to, like, work through a couple to get there.
0: Yeah, I just think... I don't think that we should, you know... I'm
1: not trying to generalize all people who are short feel this way. But on the basketball court, most people who are short and muscular tend to be little napoleons. So, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to anyway. table that
0: for now. We're going to maybe <laughs> unpack that later. That's fine. Um and have some conversations about that. <laughs> but I get what you're saying and I think going back to the like title of this podcast, again, it's such a great way for you to ask yourself like, is this thing worth the negative aspects of it? That's just the whole question. Right. And so you thought to yourself, okay, it's not worth it to be, you know, for me to get my blood pressure up and to be, you know, and maybe some of that is like your own stuff that you can work on, but it doesn't matter. It's like, it's just, it's not worth the experience for the positives that you get out of it.
1: And And, 15 years ago it was right. So like I would go into it knowing like, I'm going to have like a short guy on me and he's going to be difficult, but I just it's, I'm just, it's I a know, real but example. I, just, I
0: really think that we should come up with a different way of describing this person. The thing, his shortness yeah, isn't the thing, what makes him.
1: 100% it is, because that's the thing what you don't understand. Is it someone who's compensating for not being tall in a sport? It's across the board, it's across all sports. This is a thing. I'm not trying to like.
0: No, I know it's a thing.
1: Okay, anyway. When I my point was that I was coming back to you. I know. I just I we're was trying
0: to get job. into the curiosity corner, and you just <laughs> didn't. No, I
1: I I hear what you are trying to say okay. is that it's, and I'm agreeing with you. It is not all short people. This Thank is a you. really weird thing that we're getting into. I don't
0: care. What, this no, no, is important. Fine.
1: What I'm saying to you is, is that there has never been a person who's like my height. Let's say that has ever been like that when I played basketball. That like is really loud, is fouling all the time. Sure. Is complaining I all will the time. give you this
0: in a sport. <clears throat> where height is a very important factor okay, in the skill level, yes. not skill level, but like in the success of totally. how you can play the sport. Yeah, I can see how someone with lacking in that particular aspect would maybe try to overcompensate. But I just want to be clear that defining it around, you know, this short man syndrome, I don't think is very fair.
1: Okay, that's fine. Thank so you. anyway, uh, getting back to my point on your point and my point, which is going back to my point, uh-huh. which is early on when I was playing in these leagues, I didn't mind the shit sandwiches. They were fine. Like I could eat them and I was just like, oh, I'll come back and I'll play and I won't matter. You would
0: eat that mayo sandwich? I would have a little bit of it as a bite.
1: <laughs> but then later on in life, as I got older, there were just too many shit sandwiches. Yeah. There wasn't enough positive to outweigh it. And so let's move away from tangent land where we've existed for too long. <laughs> let's get back into some business stuff. I think that's a really important thing for people to realize, especially those of you who have a business right now. You maybe feel like, a year or so ago, it was bright and sunshiny and fun and exciting, but now it feels just awful. Mm-hmm. And it feels like every day you get up and you look at your to-do list or your inbox or your social calendar or whatever, and you don't want to do any of it. Mm-hmm. And I think what you've decided is what I decided a couple of years ago in playing recreational basketball is there's too many shit sandwiches to eat. It is not worth it. I'm not going to do it anymore.
0: Or here's another option.
1: Put some Tabasco on it.
0: <laughs> or a way to look at it is like, yeah, how... What is within my control with these shit sandwiches? Like, what are the ones that I can control, and what are the ones that I can't control? And am I, am I willing to do the work to change those things? So like, for example, if you look at your business, like you said, and you've suddenly you're on like a content hamster wheel that you can't get off of, or you've gotten lost control of your email and like too many opportunities or whatever
1: products and none of them are working well and just feel too much.
0: Then you take a look at those things and you go, okay, what of those things that I don't like about my business right now? Do I have the power to change and what do I need to do to change those? And I think you have to ask yourself that periodically all the time. We do this all the time. Like we just go, So once we feel ourselves getting to a place where the negative is outweighing the positive, excuse me, we ask ourselves, what what needs to change? Because that's one thing that I think we often forget as business owners is it's like you always talk about the career dungeon or whatever. We create this like these boundaries and these constraints on ourselves, and we forget that we're the people that did that. And we also forget that we have the power to then disassemble those cages, right?
1: It's like when people go... Yeah, like I just I have to post on Facebook every day. Yeah. I'm like,
0: why? Yeah, who says? The, you made who that are, up. Who are say, you saying? You made that, that up.
1: And even for us, like we've had that conversation with ourselves, where we'd be like, I gotta do this thing every week, and we're like, why? Because previous me said that I need yeah. to do that. Like, stop making me eat a, a shit sandwich. Previous me. Yeah, I'm not gonna eat that.
0: Exactly. So, you know, I think that's a good exercise to go through um, and see which of these things can I change and. It it makes me think of, I know we touched on this briefly in another episode, but hearing you talk about the basketball thing reminded me of my client business and the fact that I started out in client business and I, there was too many shit sandwiches with that business model for me personally. So everyone's things are going to be different of what they're willing to deal with and what Mm -hmm. they're not. And for me, it was like too much stress, too much like pressure that I was putting on myself and it was and yes those are things that are up to me to change but I also get to decide whether I'm going to change them or not and I was like you know what I could spend years working on this internally to try to like not care as much or I could just try to find another path of least resistance which is what got me into products in the first yeah. place
1: and it's why for a lot of our WAM uh, community members we tend to advocate hey if you have a thriving client business right now, and you're thinking about transitioning to products, don't just full tilt, change, and go the other way. Dip your toes into all the things it takes to run a product business because you might find out, oh, like I can see the shit sandwiches, but they actually don't look that bad until you get into them. And you're until like, you have to Whoa. taste that mayo,
0: and you're like, mm-mm, Oh, mm-mm. Don't talk about
1: tasting mayo. Mm-mm. Talk about tasting cinnamon rolls. I'm tasting Those that
0: horseradish cheese sandwich. I don't
1: think I would eat a cinnamon roll if someone like put a dollop of mayo on it. I think I'd be like, I'm That's out. how much here. I, I wouldn't even cut that part off. I'd just be like, the whole <gasps> thing is gone. Are you sure? No, I wouldn't. I would cut you it would off. You would cut it off. Yeah, that's where
0: sure. yeah. the love is. Um, but the the other thing that I wanted to talk about with that are the um I lost my train of thought, but it's oh, okay. That's okay. Oh, I got it. This comes back to my key phrase. Yeah. Which was
1: deep in the hand.
0: <laughs> uh no.
1: Deeper. Does
0: it have to be hard?
1: Ah. No no word of deep.
0: <laughs> I think that's what it was. But yeah. it was definitely not deep in the hand. I'll tell well, you know, that right now. I know it wasn't that. Yeah, yeah,
1: But also, could have
0: been. Doesn't have to be hard. So going back, this is something that you brought up at the very beginning, but I think we got there eventually. Which is, this brings up the question which I've wrestled with in my brain for many years now. Which is that, do you think that, with, do you think it's possible to have a job or to run a business that has no shit sandwiches?
1: I don't think so. I think every business in all aspects of time has some sort of shittiness Mm -hmm. to it
0: okay can i share with you my sort of like two sides of this coin that wrestle back and forth sure so there's a part of me that's a realist Mm -hmm. who loves just being honest and is like listen from my own personal experience like there are just some things in your business that you're not gonna love doing that you're not gonna be so lit up to do you know what i mean Oh, you're not gonna be lit you're not gonna be lit
1: are you sure it's not lit how do you know it's lit? Okay.
0: Um. So so that's the part of me that goes, yeah. Like, there, no matter ooh, hit okay, the microphone,
1: smack the microphone. Great job.
0: <laughs> no matter what road you go down, there's gonna be negative parts of it that you have to deal with. That's one side. The other part of me take you know has a more optimistic view. And there's a lot of this conversation I think in business now about intuitive business, and even I am an advocate for a certain level of this, which is that. Asking yourself, like, what would this look like if it had more ease to it? Going with – not trying to fight that resistance but really listening and going, okay, you know, what lights me up? Like what – and then things that don't, paying attention to that and going a different way so that you can optimize your business. It's like your whole ideal day, that type of thing, right? And I think there is value in that. So the optimistic part of me is like, ooh, but like – I don't know, maybe there is a way to just constantly be weeding out these things that don't bring you joy so that you're left with things that bring you a ton of joy. But then the realest part of me is like, yeah, but I think it's dangerous to assume that like you can get to a place where there's no part of it that you don't enjoy.
1: Right. And I, I, so maybe I, it's somewhere in the middle. I think for us, like we are in an extremely fortunate privileged place where we have built businesses and systems and processes and, and things and, Previous us wrote a bunch of content and we've been putting out content for years and it creates this engine for us that runs fairly easily without us having to do a whole bunch of stressful work. And I like to think of what we run as calm businesses because for the most part, there's not a lot of stress. There's not like, if there's any stress, it's manufactured. We're creating a new program and there's a lot of extra work that goes into that. We have a crazy idea we want to put out into the world. There's a lot of work that goes into that. But if we just ran... Teachery, the online course platform, the way that we ran it with no new features, like we just kept up, mm-hmm. we just, you know, just didn't do anything big. That would be such an easy business to run with barely any issues. However, and this is a perfect example of what you were saying, that business can be as calm and as easy and as you know fun to work on as we want, but a server infrastructure thing can pop up out of nowhere. That's a shit sandwich that you never saw coming. Mm -hmm. And I think that just running a business of any kind, you will always run into a technical hiccup. Right. You will run into a bad customer or client. You will run into a market shift. Mm -hmm. And I think for so many people, you know, you you believe that this idea of like this idealistic business is out there that you can you can just grab and you can have forever. And it's not true. You just have Mm -hmm. to create. The most calm business you possibly can that gets you the most excited, but you know there will be things that will come up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think I think it very much falls in your in between the realist and optimist. It's somewhere in the middle. uh, Yeah, your anxiety scale.
0: Sometimes it's just it's it's, 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 somewhere in the middle. yeah. Yeah, and it's like I don't. You probably haven't seen this, but there's a lot of talk online now about this idea of toxic positivity.
1: Mm, which is probably I mean, a I, whole pod, I podcast get, we could do. I get the idea, but yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the idea that you only focus on the good. And so, uh, you know, on its face, that sounds like a good idea, except when you are compartmentalizing and, and avoiding hard emotions and then teaching yourself that somehow feeling hard emotions isn't, that's not what it means to be human, that it's like something wrong with you. And I think of it the same way of business, like you can have sort of toxic positivity applied to the business world which is this whole idea that like if everything that you're doing is not joyful if everything that you're doing does not fill you with peace and ease and love and light and all this stuff that somehow there's you're not cut out for business or that you're you know not doing it right or whatever and i think just the truth is somewhere in the middle it's like being yeah. human yes you can f- you can be intentional and you can do your best to design a business that you do deeply enjoy and It's an, and not a, but, and there are going to be shit sandwiches that pop up and it's about, you know, you have the control to choose which of those you're willing to eat and which of them you're not.
1: Yeah. I think the last thing, I don't know if there's anything else on our list, but when it comes to specifically working for yourself or starting a business is to really think about the idea that nothing is permanent that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the good thing and the bad thing of doing this and that you're not going to do something that's just going to last forever and work forever and just churn out money and be perfect. But you're also not going to have to go down some rabbit hole of like, Oh, I really want to do evergreen sales funnels. And like, you have to stay in that world forever. Mm -hmm. There are always other options. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, that's why we've been able to, succeed over the years is because we've changed and we've pivoted and we've adjusted and we've gotten these places where we're like, Hey, everything I'm doing is a shit sandwich I'm eating right now. And that was for me, the end of my speaking career was a perfect example. Like every single time I would say yes and then go to a speaking gig, for the hour that I was on stage, that was the best part. But every other hour around it sucked.
0: Which was so many hours. Which
1: was the majority of the hours. Yeah. And so it did not outweigh it. And same thing with my basketball. Like, yeah. You know the like the nursing 30 minutes, of the knee. Yeah. The, the Thirty yeah. minutes of playing without someone yelling at me and hacking at me was not worth the next three days of being hobbled. Right, and right, just right. Just enjoying it. And so I think that is a really big. Takeaway for anyone listening to this, if you've gotten to the place where you just feel like everything around you is negative and difficult and a lot of work, then yeah, you really need to make a change. But if maybe it's just one or two things are difficult, then know that, hey, that's what we all deal with. Yeah. And that's the reality of running your own business and working for yourself, is we all deal with that. It's just that a lot of people and a lot of people who have large pedestals that they stand on try and pretend that they don't because they've figured it out, quote unquote, and they can tell you how to figure it out. Right.
0: And, and a really big part of their marketing message is I have figured it out and it's easy. Um, I think we should do an entire episode just on this idea of pivoting and like what that feels like, because I really do think that the bit, one of the biggest mindset shifts that I had around being an entrepreneur, there was a time in our kind of trajectory where we were, you know, pivoting every like year or so and trying something different or moving into kind of a different place with the business. And every time we do that, I felt like we haven't figured it out yet. Mm. And I took it as like a negative of like, oh, like, here we go again. Like, got to try this new thing. And when things started to click for me was when I realized, "Oh, no, 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 that's what it is to build a business." Totally. And I just it, the reframe of like, "Oh, it's not that you haven't figured it out. It's that business is always changing. Yeah. You're changing, the market's changing, your products are changing, everything's changing. Nothing is staying the same." So to think that you're going to have a business model that doesn't change from year to year is kind of silly yeah. um and so you know i don't know i just felt like that last little bit somebody out there probably needs to hear that right now which is that you've you've changed things so many times and you've tried something new so many times and you're starting to feel like am i flaky do i not get it am i not cut out for it and the thing is no no, no that's part of the game right. that's part of the shit sandwich and so you just need to pat yourself on the back and say oh i'm playing the game it's not that the game is owning me i'm playing the game and that this is what it looks like
1: Maybe that's what I should do for getting my basketball what? jollies is just start playing like NBA 2K, the game.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Just like laughs> that's really what you took go, from what I just said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I right. want to apply it to me. <laughs> all you were hearing was like, you got to play the game. You got to
1: play the game. You got to play the game. You got to play the game. All right, everybody. As Caroline doesn't want you to do at the end of every one of these episodes, do that not. is-
0: do not leave a rating. Don't do it. Do not leave I a review. I saw
1: someone left a rating or no, review No, they didn't. Again. Yeah.
0: Did they apologize at least?
1: No, it they was didn't? positive.
0: Oh, they said something positive? Five stars. Oh, you got to be kidding they me. They said they
1: really enjoyed it. Guys. They said they want us to keep having honest conversations. God.
0: Why? Rating is really getting out of control. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, so don't do that. It doesn't don't be like that person at all, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. It doesn't
0: make us feel good for investing time and in having these conversations, I that's for do sure. It. I
1: mean, how long would it take them to do it anyway? It would take like a minute out of their lives. Yeah, that's
0: too much. Don't
1: do that. You, that minute should be put toward making a sandwich without mayo on it. Yeah. That's what you should do.
0: Okay. Well, I think they got it.
1: All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments, suggestions, thoughts, ideas, or what have you, send them to hello at We We're appreciate you. We're also
0: sort of back on Instagram, so you could DM me if you want.
1: I wouldn't try that. I'd go with the old email if you're, if you're quick on the draw with the email.
0: All right. That's it. Bye.